start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the event horizon where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is the... Uh, proprietor of Dark Wizard Games, uh, who publishes Dungeons and Dragons modules and, and I assume other tabletop RPGs. Welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thank you, Gene and Susan. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's really great to be on the show again. Yeah. We, we hear uh, you have a Kickstarter. What's going on? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, currently, I'm running a Kickstarter for a, uh, a folders project. Normally, I, I develop a uh, as you said, uh, adventure modules and things like that, uh, which I'm, we're working on a brand new one. But currently, I'm doing a folder project where it's sort of like um, uh, like a folder where you could you know, uh, put your character sheets or your dungeon uh, adventure module paperwork or the module itself in there. Uh, and it also works as like a uh, uh, like a DM screen. Uh, it's got like a full color artwork on on one side, on the front side, and then in the interior of it is uh, is twofold. Um, uh, uh, folder areas where you could put like your paperwork and things like that. So it's a nice little uh, extra fun product out there for for people to to in, in, enjoy uh, in, in between as I'm developing uh, another book for everybody. And it's all done with like a super fancy like they call it a um, a soft touch laminate. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost feels like velvet, like the, the artwork piece on the front side and and the interior folders too. It's really sleek and, and very. Sorry, like it's hard to describe. It almost feels like velvet, but it's not velvet. But it's a it's a very um, uh, high quality, so, high quality and sturdy feeling. So it lets you see the colors, and it doesn't take fingerprints well. Correct. Uh, it, yeah, it it's, it's yeah, sort exactly. of fingerprint fingerprints exactly, and it's sturdy. Uh, unlike uh, like flimsy kind of folders, this one's done with a very thick, um, uh, thick stock for the uh-huh. for the folder itself, and then the the uh, soft touch laminate and all that stuff uh, increases the sturdiness of it, as well as the, the nice texture of it. So it's a fun project. Uh, so it's currently on Kickstarter, and uh, and uh, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm developing several uh, new adventure modules as well. I'm, I've got one that's almost about seventy percent done, and uh, then that'll be the next one that I'll be I'll be kickstarting in a few months. Where I, I've been I've been tending to try to wait until the product is completed. I know that's kind of the opposite of what the concept of Kickstarter is. With Kickstarter, you you go there with an idea and say, hey, I want to make this, everybody give me, if you want to support it, you know, support it, and then you can get the product when you're, when it's done, and then you make the product. This time around, which I used to do before, but this time around I've been trying to um, develop the product as much as I can on my own, especially to the point where, where they're, they're already pretty much complete by the time that you launch the Kickstarter, then the Kickstarter would fulfill the shipping and all that, that kind of stuff, and it also helps 
if you can get to that point with a Kickstarter like that. Mm-hmm. It also helps build confidence with the folks that support Kickstarter because they see that, okay, the book is done. You know, the folders right, are done. Right. Same thing with the folders. So, yeah, the folders are already done. They're just at the printing, printing company waiting for me to give them the order to print. So, you know, it's this way it helps build confidence with folks on Kickstarter uh, that they know that they're going to get the product and get it quickly. Uh, you know, things like that. Like yeah. my last uh, adventure that I did last year that was a full adventure module, Shadow of the Necromancer, which I published for first edition and for fifth edition. I actually had two different books, basically with the same content uh, and artwork, but the exterior of the books had different different artwork. One was more fifth edition style, uh, and the other one was first edition style. And uh, basically, um, with that particular uh, book, was uh, the first time where I actually had it all complete, like at the Kickstarter moment. So I said, here the books are, you're in the, the video, all we got to do is print them. And that did really well. Uh, so it, it helps if you can get to that point. Now, of course, sometimes you may not be able to do that, you know, with a Kickstarter, of course, because the whole point of Kickstarter is to do a project if you don't have the, the thing uh, completed. Yeah. But if, if you can, it certainly helps, like I said, with building confidence with the folks. Uh, that want to back your projects. So yeah, well, I know because I backed over 700 projects, by the way, in the past. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since since 2012, I, I backed over 700 projects. So I know, you know, how it is from both sides. You know, of of the of the the coin there. But people look at your Kickstarters and they go, "Oh, well, the risk on this is actually very, very low because all of the all of the hard parts are done." It, speaking of hard parts, who's doing the art for the folders? Oh, okay. So the folder art, good, good, good point there. Yes, definitely. Uh, what you said <clears throat> about the, the the folks there. Yes, the artwork on the folders is done by uh, an artist named Justin Davis, and he also um, did the art, some of the artwork on my actually on the fifth edition cover of Shadow of the Necromancer. He did that cover and that back cover for me on on that uh, module, mm-hmm. and um, also um, yes. He's also uh, done work on an upcoming, uh, my, my next upcoming adventure uh, uh, for first edition, and it's going to be for fifth edition as well. He, so he's also done the artwork for my upcoming adventure, which is which is going to be called uh, uh, Village on the Borderlands. It's going to be like a sandbox type adventure, sort of like you know uh, Village of Hamlet or Keep on the Borderlands, those type of adventures. And he did the artwork for the cover of that and the back cover of that. Yeah, as well as the folder art, um, and and he also did a, a super, uh, super uh, fancy uh, version of the upcoming fifth edition version of my Vampire Queen adventure, uh, where he did a cover of that, where it's almost photorealistic, um, uh, in in, in the, the the way that the style is. He can do different styles, so, but yeah, so Justin Davis uh, has done the artwork for that, and I I, I can send you a link to his portfolio or something online if you want to post for, for that would be great edition. because I, now i have to go look at these they sound really nice yeah so oh, yeah, yeah oh also in in the funny thing uh in shadow the necromancer when he did the back cover of it uh i i, I told him to make like uh, a couple player characters a man and a woman uh fighting like a, a skeleton a boss type a lich type character and uh, I said, have one guy on the ground, like that's, that's knocked down, and have the 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 the, 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 the lady go um, you know, cast a spell or something. And uh, he put me in as uh, as the guy on the ground. <laughs> I, I didn't expect, that's funny. So if you look at that back cover, of that module, you can see it on my website. 
you look at the back cover of Shadow of the Necromancer for fifth edition, you'll see uh, like a like a like a, a artwork version of me on the ground with my gray hair <laughs> and my black and gray hair. That's yeah, awesome. Funny. That's awesome. Uh, it's, yeah, like your, it's like your acting there, career right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just funny. Um, and then, uh, and then, and the upcoming one for the uh, the border, the village on the Borderlands adventure. I have a centerfold in there, which is done by a different artist uh, named Felipe Ferraria, uh, which you'll see more of his work in my upcoming adventures. Uh, he's a gentleman in Brazil uh, who does excellent artwork, and uh, he um, he did a centerfold for my upcoming adventure. And in that one, I, I specifically had a put him put a cameo of me in as well. In that one, like a tavern scene, it's like a big centerfold of a tavern. Uh, for my next module, and, and in the corner there is by the fireplace is a little little version of me sitting on the ground with, a, with my black cat, with my my real life cat. I had them put put us in the picture for that. But anyways, but I won't do that too much because then it could you'd go crazy. You know what's funny is uh, I don't know if you know this or not, um, or you you realize this, but remember the old D and D modules? Um, I forget which one it is. I'd have to look it up. I think it's uh, the one that was done by Alan Hammock. Uh, that was the Slavers module. The assault on the ire of the slave lords, or something. I, I don't think we have that one. Oh, okay, in that module, it's an old module from like 1981 or 83 or something, or 81 or something. In there, there's a picture, a black and white drawing of uh, of a guy, like leaning up against the wall. And uh, and I always remember the picture being in there. And then fast forward to you know 30 years, 40 years later, when I I I, I I've worked with Jeff D for some artwork in the past, and for also for some of my upcoming stuff he's completed. Jeff D is one of the original D and D artists, mm. and I realized suddenly when I saw Jeff D's real life picture online, he was the guy in that picture. In other words, back in the early '80s, he drew himself into one of the, the original TSR modules That's awesome. as a character in a picture there. But I, I never knew that that was him until I suddenly saw his real life picture. I go, oh. That's the guy from the. That's the same kid drawing as that. That's hysterical. Character. So this kind of stuff was done. You know, in fact, I think there was a, there was a thing with with the other module, um, a Palace of the Silver Princess. I don't know if you remember that module. There's a controversy in old D and D where they um, some other artists had drawn in some of the the TSR folks at the time, like as caricatures and some thing, and then they had to they had to uh, they had released the module, then they had to immediately call it back. Uh, the original uh, Palace of the Silver Princess adventure, and then they they took out that artwork and re-released it as the as the, the the green one that's the, the one that everybody has. But there was originally like an orange version uh, that had this controversial artwork in it, uh, and now it's like it goes for like thousands of dollars when they sell those modules. There's only a few of them left that are out there in the wild uh, on like eBay or something. Because it, it was the, the, one of the one of the I think one of the, the earliest or first modules that TSR ever had to. To, to pull off and, and re and reissue because of some some artwork issues or something. Wow. But anyway, speaking of drawing characters into artwork. But anyways, uh, yeah. So you've got some upcoming modules coming out, and what are what are those going to be, and and what what systems are they for? Oh, okay. So uh, the the main one that I'm working on right now is called uh, is uh, called Village on the Borderlands, <clears throat> and sort of like a combination of like a Village of Hamlet or Keep on the. It's like it's like, it's like a, it, it would be like my first official sandbox style module. Granted, one of my other modules, Dread Swamp of the Banshee, is sort of like a sandbox, but this one will be officially more like a first to third level like sandbox where it's intended to be a sandbox. Where in other words, there's a village that the folks can, uh, the adventurers can arrive in, and then surrounding the village 
are like four different areas that they can go and explore and adventure to, and then you know come back. It's like a ruined castle. You know, there's a there's a there's a, a series of uh, hills with a with a with a hill giant in there uh, that they have to deal with. Then, like I said, there's a ruined castle that they can explore. Then there's like some caves with monsters in them that, and some um, things like that that they can explore. Then there's like a, a evil forest that they can go and explore. So it kind of gives you. Uh, it, it, it's for first edition D and D, and then it'll also be for fifth edition D and D. But but for first edition, it's done through the Osric system, which is basically AD and D first edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, uh, but basically, so that that's the next major one that's upcoming. Uh, I, I you know I've got a lot of artwork done for it, and I've got you know most of it written, but I just need to finish it up some more. And I've got the maps are all done. But but anyway, so that's the main one coming up. Then I've also got. Uh, I'm going to release a um, at, at some point soon here a, um, a fifth edition version of my original module, Hang Coffins of the Vampire Queen, which was originally uh, written for the first edition, which I still sell all those ones on the website currently. And there'll be a fifth edition version of that, which I said, uh, like I said, Justin Davis did that artwork as well, and he's the guy that did the folder artwork for the current thing, uh, current project. Uh, and then another, then some other modules I'm developing. Um, I'm still developing one that's based like a satire on hell, and then there's another one I'm working on that's like a big pirate adventure, kind of another sandboxy kind of thing that there'll be a big pirate-themed adventure. And then um, I've got a few others also in progress. And then beyond that, I still have more like 12 to 16 just written down as far as titles and concepts, uh, basically for the going forward in the future. So I've got about five or six like in development like right now some of them are, are also uh, going to be most of them are going to be full-size adventures but some of them might be more mini adventures uh like the shadow of the necromancers a mini adventure that's like 16 pages uh 16 to 20 pages i think i forget what it is it's like 20 pages but anyway so so i've definitely got more products in development now as and i'm working on getting those uh, finished as soon as possible so with all of this stuff in the pipeline, you must have had your heart in your throat around the beginning of this month. Oh, yeah, with and I, and and I preface this for the for the listening audience. Now, this is being recorded in February. early early February of uh, 2023, and uh, in January, Wizards of the Coast decided that they were going to take the 22 year old open gaming license version 1.0a upon which all of Dungeons & Dragons 5e stuff had been based for the last 20 years and revoke it. Uh, <laughs> and there was... Right. Yeah, so... Uh, there's, there was a lot of question as to whether or not they could uh, with many uh, gamers who also happen to be attorneys of the opinion that they could not do this. But, you know, it, it's... It hasn't been tested in court, so nobody knows. So. Right, 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 exactly. Uh, I, I had seen a few things a week, about a week ago or less or so that said that I think that they, they started to retract it or something. It, it, oh, yeah. Started to walk yeah, they totally, they totally walked everything they, back, and they released all of the SRD 5.1 as Creative Commons. Okay, right, right, because I just said I was very... Um, uh, everything was in question, so I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, I finally get to make modules over the years, and now suddenly what? You know what I mean? Um, so now, the, my one, now granted, my first edition modules 
are technically under the Osric license. However, I'm not. I'd have to look at it again and see if Osric is connected to the to the Wizards of the Coast license at all. But the fifth edition one that I released, the Shadow and the Necromancer, for the, for the fifth edition, that one definitely was under the the five E SRD, you know, uh, open gaming license um, specifically. So it did uh, make me get worried about uh, the situation, obviously, because going forward, I was looking forward to releasing you know, a fifth edition version of, uh, of every module going forward, as well as re-releasing uh, fifth edition versions of the older you know, modules as well. So it was a major kind of uh, concern, obviously, for me. Uh, but fortunately, it looks like they worked it out. I don't quite understand. Well, I think their main target or something was, was those larger organizations, co- larger companies, you know, that can do Kickstarters where they make... Oh, like Paizo you know, and Cobalt. Yeah, yeah I guess large, yeah, large companies like that work. You know, they do a Kickstarter, something they make a million dollars or something, or eight hundred thousand dollars. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, I guess that's maybe who it was, but still, it, it, you know, you still you think though that the whole reason the, the kind of the thing has grown over the last twenty, what was twenty years, twenty five years, you said, has because been because of independent publishers. You know what I mean? Using that license to create products that 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 folks would suddenly want to to uh, purchase and then go in and buy the main rule system from, you know, from Wizards of the Coast. Because you know, I thought that was the whole reason that they invented it like 25 years ago was that there wasn't enough materials coming out to support, uh, you know, from, from what I thought I had heard. You know what I mean? Uh, enough products that were, were coming out to support, the, you know what I mean, the audience or something. So they said, oh, let's do this and let's have more people make products for everything. You know what I mean? And, of course, that's led to where we're at now, where there's several companies, uh, large and small, that are able to to do this. Uh, me in particular, I, I, I always had loved the first edition adventures from back when I used to play them, back in, I was like, you know, 1980, when I was like 10 years old, or whatever, 11 years old, 80, 81, you know, all through being a teen- teenager, I loved the Yellow Stripe modules. And then it wasn't until 20, uh, 2004, I think it was, when they came out with the the original version of what you're talking about, that the open gaming license for 3.5 edition D20 systems. And uh, the, 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 then suddenly I saw Goodman Games uh, and other places creating like retro style modules. And I was like, wait a minute, what? You can you can do this? You can suddenly make a module and, excuse me? Um, but it wasn't until 2012, 2013 when uh, everything caught up with me with Kickstarter and being able to meet artists and professional map makers and things like that. So that, you've been uh, you've been doing this a while now. I, is... I've been wanting to do it since 2004 uh-huh. or, or so. As soon as I saw the Goodman Games one, I was like, I got to do this. And in fact, I tried actually not to to the full extent of like what Dark Wizard Games is at now, but I tried making a PDF module back in 2004, uh, and it was kind of a disaster. Or whatever, like it wasn't wasn't published. I never sold one. Um, but it was kind of a disaster at that. But it was a great learning experience because I did. It, I had made every mistake in the book. I, I used clip art. You know what I mean? I, I used mm-hmm. like Microsoft Word to try to put it in a, in a document form, which was completely wrong. I used, um, you know, just very simple. I, I tried to make my own map, and it looked terrible. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, all, every single mistake you can make in the book, um, I did in that thing. Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't sell any of it. I didn't try to sell it. It wasn't. Uh, good enough, but then it wasn't until uh, 2012 or so when I found Kickstarter and I started backing other people's projects, and then I started meeting professional artists and professional map makers, 
you know, and uh, and professional people that that knew how to to do high quality things, and then myself a learning uh, experience of, of the writing part of it, where okay, now I'm going to actually do this and then and, and do it do it right, and then ultimately what happened was I created the first module was the the Hang Off as a Vampire Queen, and fortunately. Uh, it was successful enough that the Kickstarter was successful and started the beginnings of a, of a fan base for the, the products and style of the of the adventure. But basically, um, if I hadn't done that first attempt back in 2004, um, you know, was, that was a good kind of learning experience uh, to, to kind of, for when time did catch up with me for the right moment to, to do these things, um, I was more prepared. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's now that Wizards of the Coast has basically uh, uh, taken off their shoes and shot themselves in both feet over this. <laughs> uh, there has been a, a, a renaissance in third-party uh, creators for Dungeons and & Dragons and, and other RPGs just across the board. And in fact, uh, Paizo, the publishers of Pathfinder, uh, reported last week that they had uh, a warehouse full of material that they had expected to last them eight months, and it was gone in two weeks. Wow. It's, that's really substantial. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's interesting how it plays out and then, and then affects everything like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I think we've done everything we need to do. With yeah, this, pretty much. Um, much more would be padding. So... Uh, let's see, where can people find the stuff that you've already done? Uh, they can go to my website is www.darkwizardgames.com and uh, on there is it'll come up with all the, the, the store and all the, and all the books and all, and all the, the, the products and things like that and they can check them all out on there and on there also is uh, with each product, with each, with each adventure uh, module, uh, is also a, a link to like a YouTube video where you can see like a walkthrough of that ad- adventure, or you can see the physical product, or you can also some of them have reviews. The, some of them have had reviews by by um, pro- by uh, YouTube channels that review uh, role playing games. So if if a, a particular um, book of mine has a, a counterpart review, I put the links to the YouTube reviews in there as well on website so basically they can visit www.darkwizardgames.com it's a secured site so it'll come up with the https and all that stuff so and the kickstarter uh, of course if you just go to kickstarter and you look for dark wizard games you'll find the latest gaming folders oh yes yes definitely you can do that and on my website right on the main page at the top there's a, a big graphic that comes up with a with a link to it as well so yes definitely Awesome. Definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Mark Teormino of Dark Wizard Games, uh, sole proprietor and uh, the lead designer for all of these Dungeons & Dragons classic and uh, 5th edition modules. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Event Horizon. Thank you for having me as well, and thank you to everybody listening. You have been listening to episode 253 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for February 11th, 2023, with your hosts Susan Fox and Gene Turnbow. Our guest this evening has been Mark Taramino, founder and lead designer at the Dungeons & Dragons third-party publisher Dark Wizard Games. 
This episode will air again tomorrow, February 12th, at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and donate five or ten dollars a month to help keep the station on the air. It may not seem like a lot, but if everyone does it, together we can accomplish great things. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2023 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>